In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WABA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WABA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WABA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, you know what? I think that most of us would agree that we are not exactly sure what normal is anymore with everything that's going on around us, but Having said that, the last time that life was, quote, normal, as we knew it, was in early March. And it seemed like by the time we got to April, almost every area of life was affected by the pandemic. Even now, we continue to record episodes of Good News for for the City on Zoom. Well, one of the biggest and oftentimes most challenging and troublesome for teachers, parents, and children is education. Some students are learning virtually, some in person in class, some are doing a hybrid version of both and mixing both. It's a lot to deal with. So joining us today are two folks who are educators in the Metro DC area and are going to share how the start of the school year is going and how we're making it work in these unprecedented times. So let's talk about it. And of course, you know the drill here to get it started, to introduce our guest, my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bales senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, buddy. Good to see you, man. Good to see you again. Longtime listeners of the show know that we ask this question all the time. What is normal anyway, right, yeah, Dennis? I mean, exactly. we're not that normal. Of all the people that should be prepared for this, being abnormal, it should be us. But... I guess that's true. Yeah, I, my wife tells me I haven't been normal for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we do have a few challenges. In fact, right now, I'm downstairs in my basement with my computer set up on a ping pong table because of the particular challenges we're going to talk about today. I've got a kid in one room, a kid in another room, and my wife happens to be a high school teacher and she's another one. So just the fact that we have enough bandwidth on the internet to have this happen (laughs) is a small bit of a miracle. That's fantastic. Uh, But I'm excited today because we're going to talk about something that is a challenging thing uh, for many, many, many people. That's what it's like to go back to school in this environment where COVID has changed so much. And here to talk yes. about it today, uh, we do have two people. I want to introduce you to them. First is David Schaefer. Uh, he is uh, principal of Riverbend Middle School in Sterling, Virginia. Dave received two Bachelor of Arts degrees from Cedarville University, one in sports management and one in education. He received a master's in educational leadership from Shenandoah University and has a pre-K through 12 administration and supervision endorsement. Currently, He's a doctoral candidate for educational leadership and policy studies from Virginia Tech. He has served as a principal of Riverbend Middle School now since 2014, and for the past 20 years, he's worked in the Loudoun County Public School Systems as a teacher and an administrator focused on creating innovative schools for 21st century learners. He's worked for the National Forum to Accelerate Middle Grades Reform as the Schools to Watch Site Visit Coordinator for the Commonwealth of Virginia, and locally, He serves as a member of the Educational Advisory Council for the Washington Football Team Charitable Foundation. Uh, Ms. Schaefer was nominated as the 2018 NSSP Digital Principal of the Year 
Finally, as well, and that's a lot, but good stuff, Mr. Schaefer was recognized as the 2019 Educator of the Year from the Virginia Middle Schools Association. So I'm excited to have him and to talk about some of these things. And as well, excited to have Claudia Thomas. Claudia has worked for the Fairfax County Public School Systems now in the DMV area for 18 years. She currently works, though, to support families in her community through various partnerships, opportunities with McLean Bible Church. Many of us out here in Virginia know they have many campuses uh, out here in Virginia and also in the Maryland, D.C. areas as well. Claudia facilitates parenting classes where she works to empower caregivers to be the first and most influential people in their children's lives. A motto that Claudia likes to live by is this, all children and youth are capable of success, no exceptions. And I wish you could read this because the no exceptions has a big exclamation point on the end. So it's no exceptions. Uh, We're all there, even in the midst of these challenging moments. And so say maybe that you're not familiar with what's going on and you're listening to this show. You've heard this idea of remote learning or hybrid learning or whatever term you want to use to put around this different educational environment we're now walking through. Would you, Dave, uh, kind of start out a little bit by painting a picture of what getting Mm -hmm. back to school in this sort of new COVID-19 digital environment has been like? Sure. Thanks, Brian. Uh, So just to let everyone know, I think uh, most educators have the desire to be in person. Uh, We have the challenge. So from Loudoun County Public Schools, we have approximately 85,000 students and 95 schools. That's a ton. Uh, Claudia actually in Fairfax has a little more. Um, But the that really in the spring and into the summer, the discussion was was surrounding hybrid or 100 percent distance learning. And in the middle of July, July 21st, there was a recommendation from our superintendent to the school board to, at that time, go 100% distance learning with very limited exceptions. And so really for school administrators and teachers and staff, we have been planning uh, for really a, a world that is constantly changing. And so there are things that come down from the state or even locally when we think about um, just our own philosophy in Loudoun, we're focused on progress, not perfection. So there's a lot that goes into this from schedules to access, thinking about food and internet, instructional materials, all of that. So really the, the picture, painting the picture has been just constant change almost daily since the middle of March. And change often reveals things in us, right? And, and sometimes it reveals frustration. There's this old statement that is made that no one likes change. And that isn't exactly true. Um, No one likes change that's forced upon them. That's more accurate because we make changes all the time. We change our vehicles. We change to where we work. We change if we're in charge. But lots of times when things outside of our control come in and they bring change, it can can create some consternation. It can create some opportunity, uh, as we would say here on Good News for the City, for the gospel to kind of reach in and to look at some change of things. And there might be a lot of people, and, and Claudia or Dave, either one of you can feel free to answer this, who aren't familiar with the intricacies of working in a school system. And they made us to think to themselves, well, why can't we just do this? Or why can't we just do this? And I know as a pastor, sometimes people don't quite grasp what I do. Uh, it, it is more than doing a radio show and meeting people for coffee and preaching a sermon. There's a lot of intricacies that people aren't aware of. And there are challenges that come now with these different sort of learning environments that were shifted in the middle of the summer in ways that were unexpected and were changed when planning and starting the school year. Could you give us a little bit of insight for some of these challenges and how that's affected, you know, students, parents, uh, teachers, administration, no one has gone beyond being affected in this. Dave, if you want to go ahead and take the question, then I I can add to that. Sure. Absolutely. Claudia. 
Um, I, I think the challenge is there's so many areas to consider. And so, you know, many times when I talk to people about what it's like to be a principal, um, it's almost like you're running an entire town. Uh, there's just so many moving parts. And so um, many parents or even students would, would go right to instruction and there are challenges with instruction, um, but there's also like human resources and staffing challenges. When you think about support services, so just facilities and getting buildings up and running and anything from signage to just different protocols, health mitigation strategies. You think of transportation, food service. Um, and then even you know, from the business and finance and or the technology and there's just, there's so many moving parts to getting an organization like Loudoun County Public Schools up and running that has approximately 85,000 students. And so um, it's, it's almost like moving you know, a large ship. It just, it's, it slowly takes time. And Claudia, how about for you? You're in Fairfax County and uh, it is one of the largest school districts in Virginia. And I think if I've heard correctly, one of the largest actually in the nation. Uh, and I can't imagine the complexities any less, the larger that you get. Yes, we are. We serve over 180,000 uh, students and I, I echo Dave. Um, he has a, a broader view as a principal of all those intricacies in opening up the school year. Um, I think what I would like to add to that is um, I support uh, 41 schools in the county. So I'm a family engagement representative out of the Office of Family and School Partnerships. Um, and we are under the umbrella of the Office of Professional Learning and Family Engagement. So one of the programs that we coordinate is the Parent Liaison Program. Uh, we have over 160 parent liaisons throughout the division. And that is one of my primary uh, responsibilities. So making sure that we had folks um, on board and ready to serve our families. That's really mm -hmm. one of the, the focus of, of, of what we are um, trying to accomplish is, you know, serving our families and making sure that uh, families were aware that school was starting um, yeah. on September 8th and that uh, they were set up, that they had the technology, everything that they needed um, in order to have their children be successful. And that was an enormous challenge, making sure that we were able to connect with every single family so that they would be ready on day one. And working in family engagement, as you do, Claudia, uh, and I'm sure Dave has a lot of contact with parents as well, but I'll start with you, Claudia, on this. Um, what are you hearing from parents regarding how uh, navigating this uh, change is working? There's an old statement, we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat, right? So we all have a little bit different challenges in the midst of this. What are you hearing? Absolutely. So, you know, Fairfax County Public School is, is, is diverse, very diverse, cultures, languages, and... Um, what we're hearing from parents um, is that there, there are, are those challenges with technology um, on all sorts of levels. We have families that are very tech savvy um, that still may be experiencing some challenges, um, but we also have much deeper issues with uh, other populations of families that we serve in the division where they have issues because of access, for example. Mm -hmm. um, there's just no access to internet. Um, and although we've you know, worked very, very hard over the summer to make sure that um, students were set up with MiFi's and, and things of that sort, um, there are still some gaps. Um, 
And I think right now, the biggest issue we are dealing with, uh, you know, the, the second week of school is that there are still families that have not logged on. There are still students that have not logged on. So um, we do have a partnership that has just uh, begun with uh, Cox Communications and it's called um, Connect to Compete. And it will be an internet access pro uh, program that families will be able to go ahead and get free internet. Hmm. So that is a, a plus and we yeah. are, we're happy about that. Dave, are these the same type of challenges that you're hearing in Loudoun County, just a little bit farther west? Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, Claudia spoke to diversity and, you know, many times we think uh, of whether it's different communities um, or even just different nationalities. Uh, one of the things that as a father of three, uh, my wife and I talk a lot about just how different our own kids are. And so I'll give you a big amen for that. I yeah, got two. So, yeah. you know, you've got, you have families that may have uh, a child that loves the independence uh, you may have another child that struggles academically. Um, obviously, we have children that struggle with language barriers. So I think it's, it's important to recognize that it is hard. It is hard on students and families. Um, in Loudoun, we're really trying to streamline our communication. We do believe that less is more. And so providing the essential information to families is really critical during this time and having some consistency even across levels. So again, as a, as a parent of uh, elementary, middle, and high schooler with three different schedules, um, you know, that's, that's something that we're really trying to work to streamline. And I would probably add to just another, you know, just another thought of a lot of screen time. Mm -hmm. So we are in 100% distance learning. And so figuring out schedules where we can get kids away from the screen uh, outside of the course of the day is important. Yeah, that's that's a good reminder. Now, Claudia, you've mentioned already some of the programs, you know, creating MiFi's and that sort of thing to help people who are in need of resources in this moment. Uh, you also do special in-school programs and those sort of things, as I understand. What are those needs and what services are, are you providing there in Fairfax County for those who might be listening who fall into that school district? How, how's, how's that been impacted by COVID-19? Yes, uh, Fairfax County Public Schools. We've, you know, we're we're taking a collaborative approach in mm -hmm. serving our our community, our families, our our students, and uh, there is a program that is offered uh, through Fairfax County government. It's called the SRS program, and that stands for uh, Supporting Return to School. And mm -hmm. this is a program where uh, students can come to. There are thirty-seven different locations at. Uh, different Fairfax County public schools. Um, it's mainly directed for underserved and um, some students with special needs. Mm -hmm. And so schools are able to go ahead and um, help these students during the day um, with their learning. It, uh, they're offered Monday through Friday from 7.30 to 6 p.m. And it's, it's a service that um, we are just so happy to be able to offer to some of our families um, in the county so that they can get that additional support during the school day for uh, some of the children in the community that need this the most. Um, the other program that I'd like to mention is through one of our partners in um, Neighborhood and Community Services, uh, they are setting up a brand new program called NCS Parent and Student Support. And there's two pieces to this program. One piece is the parent support piece where they are able to provide uh, technology support to parents 
uh, Monday through Friday at uh, over 40 different locations. Some are neighborhood locations and other are community locations. And the parents can get support for technology and um, that happens uh, from three to eight by appointment only. But then there's also the student component piece and students are able to drop in uh, by appointment only from three to six to go ahead and get um, some support too with um, after school. And um, we're just really excited to be able to have these additional supports to yeah. our community. Now, Dave, uh, I'll switch gears just a little bit if I can for a moment. Um, I'm, my wife is a teacher. I've already mentioned that. And, I, and like you mentioned earlier on, I, I've not met one educator that doesn't want to be back in the classroom, who doesn't really want to help their kids in the most effective way. How have you seen as you as an administrator, obviously a teacher for many years as well, have you seen the education community sort of come together during this time to try to serve students better in this environment that isn't the natural environment we do things, to try to serve parents better in a changed environment that very few of us were probably expecting at this level? Yeah, I've been very encouraged just by um, not only school systems coming together, but as clusters. And so mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm at Riverbend Middle School. It's part of the Potomac Falls cluster. We have five feeder elementary schools. And uh, it's just been really encouraging to see parent liaisons, administrators, teachers collaborate, come together to support families. You know, we're trying to think creatively about uh, solving certain needs. And so like a need that we have right now is getting books into the hands of kids. And even though we have curbside pickups, we're even starting like a library book bus that's going around in the community. We're partnering with the public library system to uh, just provide resources and supports for our students and families. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I just, I think there's, there's so many things happening in every community. In Loudoun, we have an incredible Parks and Rec uh, program so whether it's after school, whether it's dealing with childcare, internet cafes, um, just really, really trying to be creative in the supports that we're providing, not just independent, isolated schools, but as clusters and as even a county. Now, there's so much information out there, and sometimes that's a challenge just to kind of sift through all the different opportunities of help. Maybe someone's listening right now, this on a podcast or listening live on the radio when we're playing. And thinking to themselves, all right, that's great. Who should I contact? Now, would, Dave, as an administrator, would you suggest someone contact their local school first and they can direct them? Would you suggest that they go to maybe the Loudoun County Public Schools or Cloud or the Fairfax County Public Schools website? Is, is there a better way to kind of maybe take in some of this to see how, especially if an individual is hearing, how can I help? A church is hearing, how can I help? Or a nonprofit or that sort of thing? Yeah, in, in Northern Virginia, I think most schools or clusters have parent liaisons. And so, you know, that, I think that's a great resource. Obviously an administrator reaching out to a principal is important. Any, the, the personal connection is really important. And so I think, uh, you know, families need to realize that on an average day, a principal may get three or 400 emails from different stakeholders. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes it, it could literally be a, a positive email or, you know, dropping by the school that just, you know, shows some appreciation, but making that personal connection is really critical. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, let me uh, ask this. As we move through the school year, what are, what are both of you hoping um, for your students and your families? What does, if, it, if it's possible to find what success looks like, if I get that word out, in an unprecedented year, what does it look like? Claudia, we'll start with you. 
Sure. So I would, I would, I would say, speaking for the school system, success looks like you know students um, learning, students being engaged, uh, and um, this is not an easy task right now. We're all trying to support our students. We're trying mm-hmm. to make sure that they have all of those basic basic needs even met um, because our children need to be ready, ready to learn. And so we also have that, that piece to worry about, you know, meeting those basic needs, making sure that they have, you know, food and, and, and the resources, um, school supplies, um, which we've actually been able to provide to all Title I schools this school year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, the digital piece, having students have the, the, the technology to access the learning. Um, We also have, as um, Dave mentioned, the parent liaisons are a key component in many of our schools. They have those relationships and um, many times they speak additional languages, so they're able to to build on that. Um, And so really success will look different for every student and every family, Mm -hmm. but I think that um, if we're able to get our students engaged in learning, um, I think that 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 is that is the first step, and, and that's definitely success. Hey Dave, anything to add to that? Uh, just real quickly, I'd say students and families staying connected is critical, and then realistic expectations. So mm-hmm. uh, it is we can't expect our teachers and students to cover everything that they would typically do in person in a traditional school year, and so just some flexibility and grace is really important. Yeah. Well, in the last two minutes in, um, Claudia, for you, Dave, if you'd like to add or not, uh, both of you have a faith in Jesus Christ. How was that faith, uh, Claudia, uh, if you sort of took off your, your school hat and just took your life hat, how has that helped you um, in the midst of uh, navigating the season in school and at home? Absolutely. So speaking as a parent and not as an employee, um, as a mother, a mother of faith, I have um, I have four children and I have two grandchildren. So um, I can tell you that for me, my faith is, is uh, what has kept me going through these last six months. It's um, very important to me, and um, I make all of my decisions through that lens. Hmm. And um, without my faith, I know that uh, my family and myself would not be where we are now. Because I have to tell you, we've throughout this pandemic, we've been able to stay calm. And yeah. that's what you, that's what we're all looking for. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. The, really the, the word at our school and personally for this year is grace. And I just really think about the grace, anything from, you know, grace to making mistakes, uh, giving, you know, parents, grace, students, teachers, grace during that time. Uh, it, it's just so important. And, and personally, um, just a really a shift from self-reliance to uh, trusting in God during this time. Lots of prayer. So I would tell all the parents out there uh, to pray for your teachers and principals and school staff. Uh, it's, it's different. Like This is an extremely challenging time. We're balancing not just our jobs as educators, but as we, we've talked about here, even as parents of mm. kids. And so, um, you know, I, I would add, I've, I've seen so many encouraging things. FCA, uh, Young Life, uh, different groups like that really stepping up to support kids in different ways in school. So grace, grace is the word of the year. I love that. And that's, that's a good encouragement. We like to always close uh, the show with an encourage for those people. And, and Dennis, 
Uh, I know for me, I've needed this because even as I've been trying to record, I've had a kid come down and now if you were watching on Zoom, I was waving him off. No, I'm in the midst of this sort of thing. You know, it's, it's a challenge, uh, flexibility and grace. And thank goodness we serve a savior that is full of flexibility with us and shows us grace, right? Oh my gosh. I, I was reminded of the title, What's So Amazing About Grace? Well, you just felt it. We just heard it. Um, Dave and Claudia, I am so grateful. I too am married to a teacher. Um, I too, uh, I just, I'm excited when I hear that there are leaders in our schools who are believers in Jesus Christ. Man, is that a bonus. So thank you both. God bless you both so much for being with us today, folks. If you want to hear this again, and I would urge you to do so, goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Always, you can give me a call at the station. Um, Even though I'm not in every day, I get my messages. So 703-807-2266. Thank you all for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. God bless you all. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.